WTEL podcasts are powered by Stanley Steamer Air Duct Cleaning, Delaware's clean air experts. Call 1-800-STEAMER. And let's get some live reporting and analysis now that it appears Kavanaugh is headed, barring some incredibly unbelievable developments, is headed to confirmation uh, without the need for a vote by uh, Vice President Pence, by the way. Bring in Julia Manchester, news reporter of The Hill and The Hill TV in Washington. And Julie was kind of interesting. Three o'clock hour, Susan Collins gives this long speech, and you could tell from the way she was going that she was going to vote to support Judge Kavanaugh. And then right afterwards, I mean, it seemed just like seconds, we hear that Democratic Senator Joe Manchin, West Virginia, was going to go with the nominee as well. Uh, tell us more about how that came down and uh, some of the reaction you've heard. Right. So Joe Manchin actually planned to make his comments after Collins' speech. This is clearly a big moment for Senator Collins. It was interesting how she framed it all. She really started out with why she thought um, Judge Kavanaugh's conservative credentials, his legal background, made him qualified for the Supreme Court and left addressing the allegations against Chris, uh, from Christine Blasey Ford and the two other women um, for the end of the speech and addressed the Me Too movement as well as addressing sexual assault in that speech. She made it clear that she didn't want this decision to make it seem like she was going against the Me Too movement or against not believing sexual assault survivors. But we're still seeing a lot of negative reaction from feminist organizations, including the Women's March. The co-chair of the Women's March put out a tweet um, roughly an hour ago slamming Collins, calling her disgraceful. So she's going to get a lot of backlash from liberal groups, but the Democratic base is also going to go after Joe Manchin. Um, Joe Manchin is a red state Democrat. He... um, decided to vote for Kavanaugh. He voted for Gorsuch, so he's um, following a pattern here. Um, but when he, after he tweeted out that announcement and came out to speak with reporters, we heard um, numerous protesters yelling, shame, shame on you. However, I think there, there's going to be less political, negative political impl- implications for Manchin than for Collins, because Manchin comes from West Virginia. Right. And West Virginia voted overwhelmingly for Trump. Yes, and big Trump state. Now, it's interesting. I mean, Manchin, who uh, one thinks is in a pretty good position to win re-election in West Virginia, uh, goes ahead and, and doesn't endanger that uh, by uh, saying he'll vote for uh, Kavanaugh, but then Heidi Heidkamp in North Dakota, Democrat, who is in much more perilous a position, uh, she still says uh, she's going to vote against the nominee. Some of us might say it's because she's already losing that race and she wants to go out with a bang on, on principle. And if she surprisingly wins it, well, then all the better for her. Yes, I have heard that point for um, made about her. You know, I think this is really overall for the Democratic base, for Democrats in general, this issue of sexual assault in the Me Too movement has really been tied to the party throughout this Kavanaugh nomination. And I think, you know, the way the every senator votes on this will, um, you know, follow them for the rest of their political careers, especially those key swing voters. Um, Heidi Heitkamp wasn't the only um, senator from a red, a Democratic senator from a red state who decided to vote that way. Joe Donnelly, who's in a similar situation, not Indiana. a perilous. Um, yes. Um, decided to um, vote against Kavanaugh. But yeah, it's very interesting move on her part, but definitely comes amid the backdrop of the Me Too movement and how much influence that movement has, uh, um, I guess, garnered within the um, yeah. last couple of weeks within the Democratic Party. Well, back, back to Senator Collins is interesting. She still uh, wanted to uh, say that she believed that Dr. Ford had been violated by somebody, but then uh, Senator Collins uh, did not uh, give so much backing to the other accusers, just to Dr. Ford. 
Ford. Yeah, yeah, just to Dr. Ford. I mean, we saw, um, you know, it, it was interesting because Dr. Ford, you know, there was a lot of backlash um, because she wasn't included in that FBI investigation. It was interesting because, you know, the key swings, um, Senators Collins, Flake, Murkowski have really called for this FBI investigation. But, yeah, um, she didn't me- mention um, uh, Swetnick or the allegations from Deborah Ramirez. But I think it, that partially that's because um, Christine Blasey Ford has really become the face of this controversy in a way. I mean, the images of her um, uh, testimony last week has really been ingrained in the minds of many voters across the country. And, you know, it's it's an Anita Hill-like situation. I mean, it's, it's interesting how that's played out. And since you're talking to an audience largely, not completely, but largely in Delaware, I've got to ask whether, in the end, uh, Senator Coons, uh, with the FBI investigation, getting Senator Flake on board, whether that was a Hail Mary pass, whether it just protracted an agonizing process that was probably going to end this way anyway, or what you're hearing. Well, with um, Flake, I think he almost did the Republicans and the administration a favor by calling for that FBI investigation. You know, I think it made it made it seem that maybe they were considering, the, you know, putting more thought into this process. Um, Senator Coons and Senator Flake do have a very good working relationship. They've um, been, they've worked closely together before. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of people assumed that Flake was going to be a yes on this in the end. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, of course, interesting dynamics of the weekend. One senator has to go home for his daughter's wedding, and yeah. so this vote could be uh, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. Right, right. They're thinking it's going to be later on Saturday, potentially earlier on Sunday. But regardless, unless anything, you know, something major, major happens, um, it looks like Kavanaugh's going to be confirmed. I mean, indeed, even Flake, though, isn't there an asterisk where he leaves open the slight possibility that if some unbelievably unforeseen thing came down that he might change his vote? I mean, it's very possible at this point. Um, He very well could in that scenario. But, you know, if everything continues as planned, I think he's definitely a yes on Kavanaugh. Okay, finally, just as a reporter who's been in uh, in this, this had to just be a roller coaster, unbelievable two weeks for you. Yes, absolutely. I mean, so many twists and turns. This um, afternoon itself was in- insane. I mean, watching Colin's speech, you know, so a 45-minute speech, you know, it's, it's, you know, she kind of, it sounded like it was a yes for a while. Yeah. There's a bit uncertainty, then the mansion after it. It's been a complete roller coaster, and I don't think we've seen anything like this in years or ever. I mean, I think the Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill controversy was one thing, yeah. but this takes it to a whole other well, level. I mean, you're too young for Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill, but <laughs> uh, but, yeah. I, but but on the other hand, I can could, I could assure you, uh, as as uh, unbelievable as that was, this, this just takes the cake. But thank you, Julia. Enjoyed talking to you. Have a good weekend. Thank you. You as well. All right, Julia Manchester, news reporter of The Hill, The Hill TV, live in Washington, where, again, the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh to the U.S. Supreme Court looks, at this point, very, very likely.